0: founder of Life's Word Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live, hope, and change. And now here's today's podcast. to one and all welcome to the show this is lwm podcast i'm your host pastor malachi let's talk about some fake christians how about it <laughs> you and getting real close to the speaker tonight Ooh, we're gonna gossip tonight no we're not gonna gossip trust me i'm not a gossiper but let's talk about something that we all have heard in our lifetime fake christians are there really fake christians I don't know about you, but I've used that term quite a few times in my day. I'd see somebody perpetrating like they were really godly. And their lifestyle was hellish, totally the opposite of what holy represents. So if you're not holy, that means you're hellish. Okay, let's let's look a little deeper here. What is your definition of what a Christian is or is supposed to be do you have a certain conjecture of what it is to be in a Christian I'm sure you do I'm sure like me you have called somebody a fake Christian before somebody may even called you a fake Christian then I'm sure your feathers were ruffled then don't be calling me no fake Christian I ain't no fake well what's a true Christian by definition a true Christian is one that has by faith, see that's the key word right there, faith, by faith received Jesus Christ into their heart. And they fully trust that God is their only Lord and Savior from their sin. We know what John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Well, Acts 16, 31 says, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. There it is again. That's that word. That's that all important word right there, faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. It's not about what you do. It's not your works that's going to get you saved. It's not your works that's going to bring you salvation. No, a true Christian not only trusts in Jesus as being their Lord, their only Lord and Savior, they also believe in the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ resides in their hearts. That's where the spirit of Christ resides, in the heart of a Christian. Ephesians 3.17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Oh, there it is again. Faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. 1 Corinthians 6.19. I have scriptures for you tonight, y'all. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? God you are not your own. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God, especially if you have received him into your heart. You don't belong to yourself. Romans 8 and 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life or give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you, who dwells in you, Sometimes I wonder, when I see people acting up that say they're Christians, I'm like, who in the world is dwelling in them? We all know it's the devil, (laughs) because the first thing we say is, who ain't that the devil? (laughs) In Romans 8 and 9, Paul wrote, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Well, that's kind of like a duh moment, right? So that means that person is not a Christian if they don't have the spirit of Christ dwelling in them so then you are a Christian or you're not a Christian a person is either with God or they're against God Matthews 12 and 30 says whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters so if you're not gathering with God you're scattering God's people so the term fake Christian is a misnomer, an incorrect usage of the term. But we certainly all know what is meant when it is uttered. Fake Christian. We know what we're meaning. We know what we're saying. Because when somebody hollers out, you fake Christian, is likely due to that person's behavior which make that term legitimate in the mind of the one hollering it. There are many that claim or profess being a Christian. But their behavior debunks their claim or profession. It's not always what is said that reflects the realness of a person, but what they do. That's what reflects the realness of a person is what you do. It's not so much what you say. It's always about what you do. Your action speaks louder. My dad used to say, what you do speaks so loud, I can't hear what you say. You know, there are many reasons why so many believe they are true Christians when in fact they're not. And the reasons are varied. Look at all the false teachings there are these days, very prevalent in these days. Many churches are rejecting the teachings of sound doctrine. People don't want to hear sound doctrine. They want to hear fluff. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth hurts. They don't want to be told that they're sinning. They don't want to be told that they're doing wrong. They want to be told how to be happy and how to go through life as a good person. Oh, you're a good person. Be a good person. No, there's right and wrong. And when you're wrong, and you die in your sin, you're going to hell. That's factual. That's biblical. Listen to two scriptures that I found. One is in Ezekiel 1820. It says, the one who sins is the one who will die. That's that second death. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them them. And in Matthew 25 and 41 says, then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What do you think the eternal fire is? That's hell. Anyone that has sinned and is separated from God will be cast into eternal fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Angels. There's a lot of motivation going on in churches today. Motivate you to heaven. Motivate your way to heaven. Motivate you in life. Motivate, 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 motivate. Motivate me to live free from sin, even though life in which we live is not sinless and what happens is when a church rejects the teaching of sound doctrine the end result is their congregants do not know the real truth of God's word and we need to know what the true word of God says if you die in your sins what's going to happen and when the truth is not in them then how can they walk upright in the spirit or in Christ I'll answer that for you they can't Let's be perfectly clear here. Just because you go up to the altar and recite a prayer, that does not turn you into a Christian. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know what you've been taught. Those religious traditions of being baptized as an infant does not secure one a reserved spot in heaven. You can be baptized as long as you understand what baptism is and what it represents you being baptized as a child that does not reserve you a spot in heaven nor does countless acts of good works alone put you in good favor with god you can be good all day long you can be good (laughs) practically half your life but that does not put you in good favor with god and let me add this one while i'm at it your church attendance isn't a guaranteed dose of salvation Even the devil goes to church and will sit right next to you. So what's my point? My point is this. Many of those that are professing to be Christians are not Christians at all. I know it sounds kind of harsh. I know I sound kind of amped up. But you need to understand this is serious. Because the sad part about this is... They remain complacent in their thinking, convinced that they are good and on their way to heaven, their soul is just fine. They live their entire life this way, believing that they're Christians, only to be devastated to hear on that day when Jesus comes back, he says, then will I tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. Matthew seven twenty three. And if leaders are not correcting this the leaders are being held responsible i don't want jesus to say when i'm standing before him depart from me you workers of iniquity i don't know you (laughs) i don't want to hear that i want to hear him say well done that good and faithful servant but i that's not all i want to hear him say i want to hear god say well done that good and faithful servant who did you bring with you that's what i want to hear who did you bring with you Because of my life as a Christian of sharing God's word and witnessing to others that may be lost, I want to bring them with me. And that's what your life should be dedicated to is witnessing to others that are lost. Bring them with you. The Bible is clear in its teaching that when someone is saved, his life will most definitely change. Some instantly others over time there is a newness that happens within and works its way outward whatever's in there is going to come out so if cursing is in there it's going to come out there's no need to say oops i'm sorry i didn't mean to say that yes you did because it's in there if it wasn't in there it wouldn't come out paul calls him a new creature 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. A new creation, a new Christian, one that has been born again, will strive to bring glory and honor to God by living a life that is pleasing to him. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Do you live a holy life? Are you living a holy life? If you consider yourself to be a Christian, then your lifestyle ought to be holy, not hellish. I shouldn't have doubt in my mind when you say that you're a Christian by the way you live. There shouldn't be any doubt. There shouldn't be any question. "Mm, Are they really a Christian? People have become complacent. They have become so comfortable in their life of living the way they want to live instead of the way the Bible instructs them to live that they don't find fault in it whatsoever. Your conscience ought to bother you. The Holy Spirit ought to convict you that the way you're living is wrong. Your lifestyle. Isn't holy. There should be some type of tug at your heart to say, you know, this isn't right. What you're doing is wrong. But we live a life of compromise. We want to compromise our salvation. We want to compromise our Christianity. We want to compromise because we don't want to offend anybody. Well, I say offend them. The people out in the world don't care about offending you then why should we worry about offending someone because we live a life of Christ? We want to live holy. We want to live separated from the world and the world's standards. Why should I feel bad? I didn't feel bad when I was sinning. I didn't feel bad out there cursing. I didn't feel bad out there doing whatever I did. Why now feel bad because I don't want to do those things I used to do? That's what gets me. We live a life of hell and damnation out in the world, but then when we come to God and we come to Christ, it's like, oh, we're so embarrassed. We're so timid now. Don't be no sissy saint. Stand up for what's right. Live a life of Christ. Don't be apologetic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but be apologetic in defending the faith. I hope you caught that. I'm not apologizing for anything I do in God, but I am apologetic because I'm a defender of the faith. The Apostle Paul, he instructed the church in Corinth to examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. That was 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Why did he say that? Because in the life of a believer, true saving faith will indeed produce works of fruit. James 2.17 says, so also faith, there's that word again, by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Through careful examination, there has to be works of love in one's life. Life. If you love me, then you're going to treat me right. If you say you love God, then you're going to live a life that reflects His love. If your profession of faith does not result in a changed life and good works, you're not a Christian. That's factual. I'm not judging, I'm stating a fact that if your life, your profession of faith does not result in a changed life and good works, you're not a Christian. I'm sorry to say. No, I'm not sorry. That's just factual. Christians are not perfect. I understand that. In fact, Christians do sin. Yes, that's true. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John, his first epistle, First John 1 and eight, that we deceive ourselves if we think otherwise. If we think that we don't sin because we're Christians, we deceive ourselves. Now we know we're not perfect, I know I'm not. I'm far from being perfect, just because the lifestyle of a true Christian reflects the presence of Christ in your heart. You know what? We still err. We still have problems. We still have issues. We still deal with the world society in which we live. But you know what? It's funny. It's really not funny. But when we do error, you better believe. (laughs) There is a multitude of do-rights just waiting to say, I told you so, you fake Christian. They're there waiting. Your friends are waiting. Your family's waiting for you to mess up, for you to slip up, for them to say, oh, I thought you was a Christian. See? I knew there was nothing to that Christian stuff. That's why Paul admonished the Thessalonian church. In 1 Thessalonians 5:22, he says to abstain from the appearance of evil. And in 1 Thessalonians 4:12, to live in such a way as to win the respect of outsiders. We have to live in such a way that we ha- we win the respect of an outsider. Now, what true Christians will not do? A true Christian, this is what you will not do, is engage in repeated and habitual sins. You're not going to repeat those sins over and over and over. You're not going to be a habitual sinner. 1 John 3 and 6. The person who engages in habitual and deliberate sins is simply proven that he does not know Christ. A person that is sinning habitually, they're proving that they don't belong to God. They don't, they're proving that they don't belong to Christ. As a true Christian... You can exhibit true Christian nature the more you mature in your faith. Oh, there it is again, that word faith. This comes by way of your love for God, repentance from sin, separation from the world, spiritual growth and obedient living. That's where that comes from. Paul told those in Rome, the genuine child of God has been set free from sin and has become a slave to God. And the result is eternal life. Romans 6, Are you that fake Christian? Have you been faking your walk with Christ? Are you feeling like you haven't been the true Christian you ought to be? Would you like to be that true Christian? If you would like to be that true Christian that the word of God talks about, I want to pray with you. And as I pray, Pray this prayer that you become the true Christian, the true believer of Christ that God is calling you to be. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I am a sinner in need of rescuing. Right now, I choose to turn away from my sin and I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I desire to be set free right now. And I ask you to forgive me for being fake. I want to be real for you. I believe that your son, Jesus, died on the cross to take away my sins. I also believe that he rose again from the dead so that I might be forgiven of my sins and made righteous through faith in him. I call upon the name of Christ Jesus and I confess him to be my only Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I choose to follow you, and I ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I declare that right now I am a child of God. I believe that you've forgiven me. I am set free from sin and full of the righteousness of God. I am saved in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed this prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your savior, I welcome you right now to the family of God. From this moment on, start learning how to live a life of faith by finding a good Holy Spirit-filled Bible-taught church so that you can grow in your faith. That's that word. So that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway of Christ. Write to me. Share with me your story of faith. Let me know that you said yes to Jesus today. Email me at lifeswordministry at gmail.com. I would also like to take this time to say thank you for partnering with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. Your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. If you're not a partner and would like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to paypal.me forward slash ministry. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on LWM Podcast each week, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, God loves you, and I do too. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself, and love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malachi.